Greetings. Welcome to Devotionables, brief devotions for busy people. My name is David, and today I want to ask you a simple question that Lifeway and Ligonier Ministries asked over 3,000 adults. True or false? Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. How would you answer that? Of those 3,000 plus persons, over 700 were part of an evangelical church, and 73% of those answered true. Jesus, they said, was created by God. However, the answer to that question is not determined by public poll or by majority opinion, but by God's inspired word. The resounding answer from God's word is false. Jesus was not created, but rather all things were created through him and for him. Perhaps some people were confused by the church's traditional language that says that Jesus is the only begotten Son from the Father, for instance, in John 1.14. To this confusion, I refer the listener to the distinction made in the Nicene Creed, that Jesus is, quote, the one begotten from the Father before all worlds, true God from true God, begotten, not made, being one in essence with the Father, um, end quote. Begotten not, does not refer then to creation or being made, but to what theologians call the eternal relation of origin. That is, how the Son has always related to the Father in our triune God. And if you want to understand more on that subject of the Trinity and how eternal relations of origin work, Simply Trinity by Matthew Barrett, you should pick up and read chapters 6 through 8, and that will really get you further into that topic. But today, uh, in this video, I really want to demonstrate from the New Testament that Jesus was not created, but rather has eternally existed. Jesus' eternal existence is affirmed in John's statements that Jesus was from the beginning or in the beginning. Let's look at John 1, 1 through 2. It says, the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Prior to creating all things, then, in verse 3 of that, of that book, John tells us that already the divine word was with God, thus pre-existing all creation. In 1 John chapter 1, verses 1-3, through 3, it reads like this, What was from the beginning, that life was revealed, and we have seen it, and we testify to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. And here I want you to notice that Jesus is identified as the eternal life that was with the Father from the beginning. And you're going to be interested at this point to know that the Greek phrase from the beginning is used in the Greek translation of the Old Testament in Habakkuk 1.12, speaking about God the Father's eternality. It says this, Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God? Right? So in the same way then, John is applying words used of God's eternality in the Old Testament to Jesus. Um, and his words in their own plain sense refer thus. Now, he also records in John 17, 5, Jesus praying these words, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. This is a clear statement, not only of Jesus' existence prior to creation, but to his existence gloriously in the Father's own presence at that time. Wow. But is John the only inspired author who believes that? No way. Paul makes the same point in Philippians 2, 5 through 11. He provides there Jesus as the supreme example of the servant because, quote, he existing in the form of God did not consider his equality with God as something to be exploited, CSB. Rather, 
than exploit his divinity in that way. Uh, instead, quote, he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity, verse 7. Alec Matir suggests very wisely that when we read that emptied language, we should think of Isaiah 53:12, namely that Jesus poured out his soul to the point of death. Jesus then consciously consigned himself, not merely to taking on the form of humanity, but also to obeying humbly God his Father all the way up to and through his death on the cross. And so, Paul affirms Jesus' eternal preexistence as God to highlight the ultimate degree to which he served others. Before we leave Philippians 2, I also want to point out one thing from verse 10. Paul applies Isaiah's statement about God's exclusive supremacy to Jesus. Remember how Paul says um, these words, At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Well, Isaiah 45, 23 says, and by the way, Yahweh is speaking, By myself I have sworn, to me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear allegiance. New Testament authors utilize the Old Testament in this manner regularly. See another example in Job 9.8 and in Mark 6.48. It clearly aligns Jesus' identity with that of the one true God. In at least three other passages, Paul also makes clear that Jesus was not created, um, but created all things. While we could look at Romans 11.36 or Colossians 1.16-17, I want to show you 1 Corinthians 8.6 instead. Just prior to that verse, Paul asserts that idols have no real existence. And then he writes, There is one Lord, Jesus Christ. All things exist through Him, and through Him we exist. Finally, let's end our journey through the New Testament with Hebrews. And we don't have to go further than the first three, few verses to see an affirmation of Jesus' preexistence. Quote, God has spoken to us by His Son, the Divine Son, whom He appointed as the heir of all things, through whom He made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful word, NIV. Now, although we've seen the New Testament teach us that God made all things through Jesus, the author of Hebrews has just gone further. He just claimed that God's glory radiates from Jesus, who is the exact representation of his being. And a representation like this is not a caricature, like a couple would get at a theme park, um, for two reasons. One, the term is used in the ancient world of stamping or minting coins. So it's far more exact than, of course, a fake portrait. Also, number two, more importantly, Jesus did not represent God's appearance because God doesn't have an appearance, being spirit. Jesus bears the exact impress of God's being, nature, essence. This is the same word used in the creeds later um, for, for God's very being. Thus, in the incarnation, Jesus can reveal who God is only because he is truly God. Some may wonder, in objection to the things I've been saying, about what about the language where uh, the Bible calls Jesus the firstborn of all creation, Colossians 1.15, or the beginning of God's creation in Revelation 3.14? Well, this isn't the format to answer that in quite a detailed way, but I want to give you some answer. Regarding firstborn language, we should notice that the term does not always refer to literal birth or creation. For instance, in Exodus 4.22, Israel is called Yahweh's firstborn, and that signifies their special place as Yahweh's chosen people. In Psalm 89.27, Yahweh says about the Davidic king, I will make him 
uh, the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. And clearly, in this example, something other than creation and birth is in view. And I suggest that the New Testament passages are like this psalm, and that the emphasis is on the sovereignty and the supremacy of the individual in view. Uh, regarding the language of beginning, we should notice that this term does not have being created in view, but instead is more clearly referring to Jesus either as the originator of God's creation, as the NET translates, or the ruler of God's creation, as the NIV would translate. Again, like our reading of firstborn, this, this highlights Jesus' sovereignty and supremacy over all things rather than his beginning because he had none. Therefore, brothers and sisters, you have something more sure than the court of public opinion. Uh, you have God's inspired word. And today we've seen from numerous passages uh, that Jesus was not created, but eternally existed as God the Son. If this were not so, you and I could not be saved because no created being could possibly atone for the sins of all of God's children in the manner that the Bible teaches us Jesus clearly has. Therefore, rejoice in Jesus today, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever.